Hello, this is Not Your Ordinary Spurs podcast, and I'm Becca G. This is a podcast by a Spurs fan for Spurs fans. Welcome. Today, we are going to talk about Blake Wesley. Resources for today, there was a YouTube posted by Notre Dame, the Notre Dame basketball website, and Wikipedia, and my own eyeballs, of course. Blake Wesley, number 14, from South Bend, Indiana, 20 years old. He has a birthday coming up on March 16th. Happy early birthday, Blake Wesley. He is six foot four. Hmm. Why does South Bend, Indiana stick out to me? A quick Google search resulted with 16 NBA and WNBA players from South Bend. That's significant, especially for a place that doesn't seem like a big city with a lot of resources, but I don't think I've ever been to South Bend, so maybe I need to make a little trip and see. Is it really a small town? His father, Derek Sr., graduated from Riley High School and played basketball at Ball State from 84 to 88. He was a two-time MVP, finished his career as the school's third all-time leading scorer, and was inducted into the Ball State Athletics Hall of Fame. And his sister, Taylor, played basketball at Indiana University South Bend from 2016 to 2020. So again, we see a player with a basketball family and a basketball legacy. We also see someone who stayed close to home, which is in contrast to the European players who spend most of their childhoods playing not just for different leagues, but also different countries. Blake is proud of his hometown. He has a tattoo on his calf of 547, the South Bend area code, and In a lot of his interviews, he mentions South Bend as well. According to a YouTube posted by Notre Dame, he states that he chose to go to Notre Dame because when you're that good, you get to choose uh, because he wanted to stay near his family and his friends. He's very humble and refers to being blessed more than once in his video. He recognized the once in a lifetime opportunities he has had that most people don't get. In his own words, quote, I want to be known as a great player on and off the court, respectful, play hard, work hard, always there for others and being myself, end quote. It sounds like he has the integrity that pop requires for a Spurs player. Blake was drafted to the Spurs in the first round of the 2022 draft. And I remember watching him play a bit last season. Um... He was, he was okay. He tore his MCL in his knee and he went to the G League while he recuperated. The MCL is the medial collateral ligament. Thankfully, it didn't require surgery. I asked my PT about it today and he said it's a common injury among athletes and it's a pretty large tendon that usually doesn't require surgery because it doesn't tear all the way. The MCL is a ligament that runs uh, along the inside of your knee that connects your femur, that's the thigh bone, to your tibia, the shin. The more you know. Blake spent less than seven weeks on the bench before returning to action. And that seems superhuman to me, but all of these NBA players seem superhuman to me. (laughs) 
It's also worth noting that at least for some of that time, his family went down to San Antonio to support him during his recovery. And let's not gloss over how important it is for us to have connections, whether it's our biological family or our chosen family, to lift us up when we're low. What I've seen from Blake Wesley when he was first drafted, he was okay. But to be fair, the Spurs as a whole was okay. After he was injured and he played in the G League, he came back to the Spurs and he has been on fire. He gets better and better game by game. One night, and I don't remember who we were playing, it's inconsequential, he was like a strike of lightning on the court. He moved so fast down the paint and dunked before the other team could blink. His speed alone was so impressive. I was like, whoa, what happened to Blake Wesley? (laughs) It was like when we lift weights, we put these tiny tears in our muscles, and when they heal, we're stronger. And he sort of tore his whole game with that injury, and then he became an exponentially better player. He puts in the work. He is better, faster, and stronger because he works hard for it. It's a great lesson in reaping the rewards of discipline and routine. I've spoken about this in a past episode, but it's worth bringing back up. Scientists have relatively recently discovered that our willpower lies in the anterior mid-cingulate cortex in the brain. I heard about this first from Dr. Huberman. The more you do things that suck, like showing up for training when you don't want to, when you're tired or sore or bored, it grows this area of the brain. It's believed that athletes have a large anterior mid-cingulate cortex because of their dedication and commitment to meeting their goals through relentless training. In my personal journey on this planet, it's easy for me to shut out the noise and do the work, run the miles, lift the weights, whatever I have planned for that day. I visualize the soreness, fatigue, whatever it is holding me back, and I put it in a box and swallow it. In fact, I have a whole meditation about it. Maybe I'll share that on the podcast one day. (laughs) It gets graphic though, so maybe not. (laughs) But every day that I go to physical therapy and I have a question about my own recovery, the answer is always, listen to your body. And I find that quite challenging. I'm so accustomed to telling my body to shut up that I don't know how to properly rest. And let's be honest, that mindset is what got me benched and in physical therapy in the first place. That is to say, for me, maybe for you, doing something that sucks in order to grow my anterior mid-cingulate cortex might be to take a rest day. Being disciplined isn't just about showing up for your workout when you don't want to. It's also having the discipline to take it easy when you are mentally prepared to go full ham. This is an equally difficult lesson to learn. I whine about it all the time to the long-suffering folks in my inner orbit. (laughs) I saw this mantra online that speaks to this as well. Discipline is devotion and devotion is self-love. With that, let's meditate on discipline.
Settle down into a comfortable position. Sit down, lie down, whatever you like. Close your eyes if you can, but don't if you're driving. Inhale through the nose, nice big inhale. Exhale through the nose, let it all out. Again, inhale, fill the lungs. Exhale, release, let the lungs empty out. Continue breathing long measured breaths in and out of the nose. In your mind's eye, imagine you are on the court wearing number 14, Blake Wesley. A player from the other team turns over the ball. Before a thought goes through your head, you pick it up and you dart to the opposite basket, down the paint. As the other team comes up behind you for a block, you jump and dunk the ball. It all happens so fast. You feel electricity moving through your feet and legs. You've never moved with this kind of speed before and in your mind, you think of the hours you have been spending in the gym leading up to this moment. Inhale and exhale. I always say that you can tell a person's priorities by how they spend their time. Consider what you want your priorities to be. Sometimes it requires a modicum of discipline to spend our waking hours reflecting what is important to us. It's just too easy to fall down digital rabbit holes, to be afraid to say no, or any other distraction. How can you incorporate disciplined habits to get closer to your priorities? Where in your life do you have 15 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe even an hour to move your body, start a creative habit, make a doctor appointment you've been procrastinating, plan healthy meals, or maybe go to bed earlier. As you go through your day, remember that discipline is devotion and devotion is self-love. Discipline is devotion and devotion is self-love. Let's take one last breath together. Inhale, exhale. Until next time.